This is Real Estate Rookie Episode 190. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I'm here with my co-host, Tony Robinson. And welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, where every week, twice a week, we give you the inspiration, information, and amazing stories you need to hear to kickstart your real estate investing journey. So my co-host, Ashley Kerr, what's going on? What's, uh, what's new in Western New York these days? Well, as per usual, my flight gets delayed and or canceled. And so coming back from the the rookie uh, weekend in Denver, flight got delayed in our layover in Detroit. And I didn't get home till about 2 a.m. And um, so running on fumes today is I the kids already missed three days of school to come to the event with me. So they had to get up at, you know, 630 this morning and get ready for school. And I'm sure they'll crash tonight. But it was really nice getting to be able to have them come with me. And um, but yeah, we're all pretty tired today. <laughs> yeah. But what's unique about this delay, actually, is, is that it, it wasn't weather. It wasn't the bad weather in Michigan. It wasn't the bad weather in New York. It was because they didn't have a pilot, which yeah. I've never like, how do you how do you book a whole airplane filled with people but forget that you need the pilot? Yeah, so I don't know if maybe the pilot canceled or what, but the um uh, yeah, the the I don't even know the person that stands at the gate, the gate attendant maybe is called. I don't know. Yeah. But they kept like making announcements <laughs> updating us saying, you know, we haven't found we're just looking for a pilot, you know, we're very short staffed and so then they were like, we had we found a pilot who's supposed to be um having time off, but he is going to come and so he's about ten minutes out and then he came and everybody See, clapped. I- <laughs> You, you you just need to pack up and move to California with me. I never get my flights delayed. I'm never <laughs> yeah. snowed in. My internet connection is pretty strong. So it's just like, you know, all all signs point to Ashley coming to California. Yeah. Well, we are and trying there's dairy to... farms here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we were talking about like how many times we've been delayed. And um Daryl is saying, my business partner is saying how, you know, it's always that it's always these two airports. I'm like, well, yeah, because there's no, no other direct flights. There's literally like two or three airports you can fly direct to out of Buffalo. So, yes, sure. our layovers are always the same airport. We're always here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the Bigger Pockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's rent. T-O, retirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. 
Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So what's new with you? Um, what's new? We're, we're, we're still busy working on the, uh, the resort out in Big Bear. Um, so as of right now, we're supposed to be closing in uh, about seven weeks. Um, oh. so we're, we're up against the gun. Things yeah. are moving fast, but, uh, fingers crossed that we, we kind of get everything done. We need to, but I'm super, super excited for this project. And I, I still think there's a lot of, a lot of upside there. So me and the, uh, the alpha geek capital team are just hard at work trying to put that, put that together. Is your due diligence period over with? So we have it's uh we have i think like 10 days left in our due diligence mm-hmm. but we've gotten pretty much all of our inspections done so we did our our phase one we did the property inspection we did the appraisal um termite inspection so pretty much all the due diligence we wanted to do we've uh we've pretty much completed and luckily no no major red flags have come back yet yeah that's what yeah. i wanted to kind of talk about on this rookie reply episode is due diligence and properties because mm-hmm. you're doing uh due diligence on your property in new york too Do you want to explain that yeah and we actually pulled out of it because of our due diligence so oh you I did can, uh, oh i, I didn't know that yeah. yeah 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 we actually pulled out of it so um so we had a we had a property under contract in uh in western new york is that is it is that western new york or is that upstate new york like where we um, where that property was at what would you call that it depends where you live because if you live in new york city Everyone, it's the whole state is called upstate New York, but <laughs> yeah. I would say you're that was more central New York, central New York. Is what okay. Say. All right. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. we, we had this beautiful property and uh, in central New York that was uh, it was a bed and breakfast and uh, it was built in like 1922. So very historic um, property in, in that town. And uh, we had under contract our plan was to go in there, uh, buy it, renovate it, turn it into an Airbnb. Um, but during our due diligence process, we flew out to New York and, uh, we saw the property in person, talked to a lot of local people. Um, we decided to, to pull out of it and I'll kind of explain why. Um, first was that we, we realized that we were already buying kind of at the max ARV. And our original goal was to purchase that property with, uh, either private money or hard money, um, do our renovations to kind of bring it up to 2022 standards, uh, because it was, it was very dated inside. Um, and we just felt like it wouldn't work super well as an Airbnb. Um, so our goal was to buy it and renovate it and then refinance into some kind of long-term debt, but burrs only work if you have enough spread between your purchase price and the after repair value. But this property was so unique because it was a a seven bedroom, eight bath property, and there just weren't very many comps 
um, surrounding that property in that area. Um, and you know, there were some that were kind of further away, but when we met with the realtors in person, they told us like, Hey, honestly, like where you're at is probably the the highest you're going to be able to go. So that was the first strike was that we didn't have any room to really push the, uh, the ARV up. Um, and the second thing we were saying, okay, even if we leave some money in the deal, it, it might still make sense. Um, but the other issue was, uh, finding good labor. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere right now, it's really hard to find people to, to kind of take these projects on. We got a couple of recommendations. Uh, they all said, hey, come back to us in, you know, 12 to 24 months when all of our other projects have, <laughs> have kind of cleared up. Um, and then they were saying, like, if you do find anybody that's available right now, you should run away because all the good contracting crews are, are pretty busy. Um, so it was those two things. And then we found some other stuff in the inspection report um, and we tried to negotiate with the seller and she wasn't willing to negotiate. So there was just kind of all these things that got stacked on top of each other um, that we were kind of finding out during during that due diligence process that made us realize that, okay, we like this area. We, we, we definitely want to move into that area with the property, but that specific house, we think it, it makes sense to pass on. Are you going to do any kind of uh, direct mail or anything in that area to look for it or just look at stuff that's listed on the market on the MLS? So we're actually just, uh, we just started a direct mail campaign for here in California mm -hmm. where our Josh Tree properties are. Mm -hmm. So we're testing out there first. And I think if we can like really nail it uh, in this local market, then we're going to start using that same process to some outside markets as well. I was just going to say Ryan Dossie, who, uh, who's been on the podcast, right? I think he, he did a couple episodes before I came on. Mm -hmm. um, he's got a company called Ballpoint Marketing. And he's not paying me to say this, but like, it, like it's a really, really a great product because um, like most postcards you send out, you know, they're like, you know, typed or, you know, you can tell that it, it came from like a computer, but ballpoint marketing there, he's got like some kind of robot that like hand writes everything. So it looks like a handwritten letter. And our response rate on the first few postcards we sent out has been much higher than what we were doing with our other direct mail. So um, it, it's, it's worked out well for us so far. That's what I use too. And I was just thinking we should do okay. like an episode with um maybe have get him on again and walk through that mm -hmm. process again um yeah we did ours yeah. right before uh christmas we did it for um a lake house around two lakes that we want to get a short-term rental at for lake house and of course mm -hmm. personal use but um <laughs> that uh it, we did the we did it like two days before christmas i think is mm -hmm. and we got we're getting calls like the day before christmas eve when it hit everybody's Crazy, right? mailboxes, like it was like we were overwhelmed by it. <laughs> and uh, but um, yeah, it works great. We end up actually getting um, right now we're negotiating on two properties from that campaign that was back in December of just us wow. following up. And then um, we did um, that same round. We did a, a round of, to campgrounds in the area, too. Okay. And that one we're negotiating on a campground right now that came from that mail campaign. So, yeah, we should definitely do like a rookie reply or direct full episode on direct mail. Yeah, totally. So, but yeah, let's do due diligence today because mm -hmm. I have a property, too, that also fell out of contract because we did not um, did not pass um, inspections and we mm -hmm. got out of the contract before our due diligence period was up. Mm -hmm. Um, so the property yeah, for me, it. yeah, was 700 acres, two beautiful ponds, <laughs> two lodges for wedding venues, a Barton restaurant, 80 RV hookups, uh, 18 cabins. I mean, just amazing. So it was a really one small property. property. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up getting it under contract for 3 million. 
And that with that under contract, it was basically as is. They weren't going to make any repairs, but we still put in a due diligence period. And I had used uh, a broker on this deal. They had brought me the deal. But I have to yeah. say that... Actually, let me... Can, and, I, can I stop yeah. you really quick? Because I, I just yeah. want to... I want to highlight something, right? So like when you say as is can, let, let's break down what that means for the listener so when you agree to as is what does that mean like what are the limitations you have as the as the buyer so basically if i find anything in the inspection they're not going to fix it so mm-hmm. when someone tells you and i'm running i ran into this with the campground right now i'm trying to negotiate is i put in when he countered me for a higher offer i accepted that that counter offer but I put that I now want a longer due diligence period. And he was like, well, I, this property is as is, you know, if a outlet's not working, I'm not going to fix it, blah, blah, blah. And I had to explain, I completely understand, but I can't go into this property blind. And then all of a sudden get a bill for a hundred thousand dollars of repairs that needed to be done. I just need to make sure that there aren't a ton of issues that are, that aren't coming up. And I said at the lower price, I was willing to take that risk because then I had a lot more capital to play with and could add in a, a large capital improvement in there. So yeah, just remember that if someone says as is, that doesn't mean you have to buy it as is. You can go and make do your due diligence on it and see what kind of um, you know costs are going to be associated with purchasing that property. So, and uh, and honestly, even as is, like you can still, even though they won't repair it, you right. can still ask for a credit because mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. I've had it done both ways, right? Like some people they say as is, I'm not you, I'm not going to fix anything. Don't ask me for yeah. any more money. But I've had other offers where even though it's as is, I've still been able to negotiate credits to say, hey, this is a much bigger expense than what we were anticipating, so we need some kind of reduction in the purchase price. I don't need you to fix it, but I, I just need a little bit of break there. So I, I just want to pause on that because I know that that term gets thrown around a lot, so we could break it down for the rookies. Yeah, it definitely doesn't hurt to ask to mm-hmm. get that negotiated, even if they are saying as is, I would still, you know, maybe they're not even aware of the issue. And if you pull out of that contract and they go to another buyer, another buyer is probably going to find the same issue and then it's just going to happen again. So yeah. definitely, tr- yeah, that's great advice to definitely try and ask for them to to give you a, a discount on the price. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this property, we some of the things that we found out First, going into it, first, it was a foreclosure property. It had been, um, and the taxes, there was uh, back taxes on it. And the county ended up taking possession of the property first before the bank foreclosed on it. And it went up for Mm -hmm. tax auction. So the county sold it at tax auction. And the bank was the one that ended up buying the property because what someone else was bidding at it wouldn't even cover you know, part of their, you know, their whole loan that was owed to them plus the back taxes. So the bank ended up Mm -hmm. buying the property. Now they're selling it through a broker and they don't know anything about the property. There's no financials on the property. So already stepping into this, this was a very, um, very blind, you know, per deal to go into. There was really no guidance we had to. Um, we actually hired a consultant who actually helped us build the the financial pitch deck and the pro forma for the property based off comps in the area as to what we could do with it because there was no really financial history. So that was kind of like a big red flag for us. So with that kind of ties in the financing piece. So when you bought, purchase a property and there is no um, financial history 
or background on the property, it's going to be very hard to have a bank finance it for you. So a bank's going to want to see that this property has been generating revenue. Well, this property hadn't been generating revenue for two years that sat vacant. So no bank wanted to touch it. So that we would have to raise, oh, you're going to have a private money lender and then raise the rest of the capital needed. The second issue that came up was that we um, could not get title insurance on the property. So this was something that our attorney found out for us uh, during the due diligence period that um, because it went up for auction and there was no uh, title insurance purchase at that point in time, there was a three-year redemption period. And we ended up having to go to... um, a title attorney. So someone who, an attorney who specializes in title issues. And he was the one that kind of discovered that for us, that that it wouldn't be until three years after the auction date that you could actually get title insurance on it. So that means there's still two more years before a bank would finance the property. So if we wanted to go and refinance. But also looking at it, what investor wants to invest in a property as the private lender or, you know, as a limited partner in a syndication deal where there's no title insurance on the property, especially when it was very messy of a deal where there was the county took it over, the bank then bought it and the bank was in the process of foreclosing. So um, those were kind of like the big issues. Yeah. And just to break down, right. So like the, the risk of that property not being able to get title insurance means that say that someone else was on title or has some kind of stake in that property after you purchase it, they could go back and say, Hey, I actually owned 50% of this and I need my money or I need ownership or X, Y, Z. And now it becomes a very dicey situation. But if you have title insurance and someone says, Hey, I, I was actually on title, it'll be the insurance, the title insurance policy that they would pay that person out as opposed to use the, the new owner. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. You're doing yeah. a way so better a risk job of don't. breaking things down for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's a lot of risk there, right? Like if you were to buy yeah. that and you didn't have that in place. Yeah. So that that was kind of like the first the first thing for us. And the second thing came up during the due diligence period. So I want to like highlight first is when you're doing the due diligence period, make sure that you're looking at your financing options. What will work for the property? And can you get financing on them? And not even for how you're going to acquire the deal, how you're going to purchase it. But if you plan on refinancing down the road, make sure that you can refinance, go and start talking to banks and say, what will you need from me to put a mortgage on this property in two years or so? And, you know, Mm -hmm. they may say like two years of tax returns on the property. So that means actually it will be over two years that you could actually go and refinance by the time your tax returns are done. So go and ask all those questions. And also what's the loan to value, um, different things like that, and just kind of get an idea of what it would be like to finance. So you can kind of work that into your deal. Uh, The second thing besides the financing is talking to uh, people that issue the permits that regulate the property. So especially commercial property, um, you want to talk to the code enforcement officer. Um, You want to. So with this property, it had its own sewer treatment facility on it, and that was um, regulated by the DEC. Um, So the Department of Environmental Conservation, and they are the ones that oversaw that. So we actually, before we even contacted the code enforcement officer, he actually called my attorney and said, you know, I'd heard a rumor this was selling and <laughs> tracked it down. I, I, if, if it's okay, I'd like to have the seller or the purchaser call me. And so he said, I'm just curious what you're doing with this property. And I said, you know, I'm going to 
turn it back into a campground and operate it. And he said, okay, well, I need to tell you some things about it. And I I think this was very nice that he took the initiative before we even uh, reached out to him. But he just said that 50 of the RV sites that have full water sewer hookup to them and electric were never permitted. Mm. So that means for the, the, the town, the county to come back and issue me a building permit, if something doesn't look right, they have to dig up all that infrastructure. There's not even, they no site plans, no engineering plans were even handed in to the town or the county to put in all of this new infrastructure for the, the site, for these new uh, RV site hookups. So like that right there, I'm like at 50 RV sites that are not permitted out of 80. That was just, a, a, that would be a huge expense for us if we did have to go back and redo it, if there was something wrong and it wasn't along with code or something like that. Um, so that was kind of like our second flag. And when you are talking with uh, the DEC or with a code enforcement officer or whatever permit issuing agency is uh, we found out that in New York state, you can actually uh, uh, request a FOIL. So F-O-I-L. And what it is, is you can get all of their information, all of their records on that property. So, I mean, this one for this campground site was, I mean, this huge thick folder. And he's actually said, why don't you come into my office? Because that would actually be faster than me scanning all this in and emailing it or copying every page and mailing it to you. So check out what kind of options you have and what kind of information you can get to from, you know, the government agencies that have regulated and permitted these properties. Yeah, Asha, I think the going into like the local town hall or wherever mm-hmm. and get information on the property is super critical. So we did that for our Big Bear property. You know, we were just up mm-hmm. there uh, last week and part of our stop was going into City Hall and just saying like, hey, we're looking at buying this property. What can you tell us about it? When we were in New York, um, same thing. We went into, you know, the, the town hall there and said, hey, we're looking at buying this property. Tell us what we need to do, what the steps are, et cetera. Um, so you, you get this, you get to go straight to the source and mm-hmm. understand kind of what the potential risks are, what you need to do as a new buyer uh, to make sure that you're operating in the, you know, the uh, a legal way, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, there's so much value that comes from just like, you know, in person talking to people and, and getting information straight from the source. Yeah. And I think the only other thing that I would add to that is just like talking to um, an attorney too about the property, especially if it is a, a commercial property and seeing, you know, what what are, what deals have you done like this? So that was when I picked my attorney for this deal. It was an attorney I'd used before, but before I decided I was going with him on this deal, I said, you know, what's your experience with properties like these? And he was able to tell me similar deals he had done and able to guide me and help me in the due diligence period as to things I should look for and things he noticed um, with other properties that came up that he had helped um, close on too, which was very helpful. Um, and then just kind of like Tony said, he had contractors come out, inspectors, and I think lining those all up and really knowing what you're getting into and putting a dollar amount to it is, is very important. And mm-hmm. check the utilities. So if you have well... You have septic. Is it public utilities? Uh, one property I just purchased has propane tanks. And one, actually, there's two buildings on it. And one building has a propane tank and the other one doesn't. It's all wired, all hooked up. It has all the plumbing and everything for the gas. But there's not 
actually a propane tank in the ground. So, which isn't a big deal for us. Like that's something easily we can take care of. But imagine if you went into there not knowing that and you're like, oh, here we go. This is almost ready. I just have to, you know, finish this little cabin off a little bit. But, oh, mm-hmm. there's no propane. I'm going to propane tank. So like checking your utilities and making yeah. sure they're all operational or what you have to do to fix them. And just asking like, hey, is this on, you know, uh, septic or is it on like city mm-hmm. sewer? Is it on city water or is, or is it on well? Like I'm still, my mind is still blown by like the well water concept. Like <laughs> the property in New York, they're like, yeah, there's a well under here. I was like, so there's just water underground and that's just coming into the property. And it's like, yeah. I was like, so is it ever going to run out? He was like, probably not. So, you know, just knowing, knowing those things I, I think are super important as well. I can't wait for you to come visit me sometime and have your first taste of well water. <laughs> well <my> water. <laughs> <laughs> Blow my mind. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, anything else you wanted to add to that? I think those are all the big things, Ash. Yep. Uh, we talked about, yeah, I, th- I think that's everything. Um, I, I guess the last thing, right, is, is just understand that, you know, the purpose of due diligence is to uncover as much about the property as you potentially can so that way you can make an informed decision. So um, you, you're going to have to get up in the seller's business sometimes, right? You might need to ask for information that they're not not super keen on sharing. But at the end of the day, you have a, an obligation to yourself and to your to your business to turn over as many stones as you possibly can. And if you need to walk away, be prepared to walk away because the last Mm -hmm. thing you want to do is discover something during your due diligence that is a major red flag, but you've become so emotionally involved in the deal that you, you make the bad decision of, of moving forward anyway. So, you know, work with your, your, your data, work with the the hard facts and not so much your emotions. And that's how you get the most out of a, out of your, out of your due diligence. Tony, that like hits home to me so much. I put this property, the screensaver on my phone was the view from this property. My passcode on my phone was, is, I should probably change it now after this episode airs, was the address, <laughs> the house number to this property. And that was just like, I was, I wanted this property so bad. And, but you know what? Like the opportunity cost of, you know, all that time wasted, even money wasted. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I still have to pay my attorney. I still have to pay for, I, you know, I had a drone footage done of it. I had, I paid the maintenance guy to come and just a lot of time and money wasted, but it's an opportunity cost because or else I could have ended up with, you know, we had already, I think, had 300000 of cap X that needed to go into this property. And, you know, it could have been up to half a million um, as we started to find out more things. So I think... Um, Think of of that as an opportunity cost instead of money Mm -hmm. wasted. But that emotional detachment uh, Mm -hmm. is very important on on a property, too. Cool. Well, we're glad you had the courage to walk away from it, Ash. Yeah. And you know what? There is like the silver lining to it is like this other property, this other campground we're going after now honestly seems so easy after going mm-hmm. through the due diligence of this other property and just like taking it over. It's like already operational. So I think it was a very good um like just like learning curve for us too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And stepping zone it makes it's making us take over this other campground. Hopefully, if we can get a signed contract this week, um, a lot easier. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. We will be back on Wednesday with a guest. And if you guys are loving the show and you have taken value, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and let us know uh, how this podcast has impacted your life. 
I'm Ashley at Welcome Rentals. He's Tony at Tony J. Robinson. We'll see you guys next time. Getting started in real estate can be daunting. There's so much to know, obstacles to overcome, lessons to learn, and risks to avoid. It can all be so overwhelming. If you're feeling motivated to invest, but too overwhelmed to take action, here's some advice. Take it one step at a time. And here's some good news for you. The Rookie Bootcamp is starting on May 20th, and Tyler and Ashley will be guiding you through each and every step until you're the proud, confident owner of your first investment property. Through eight action-packed weeks, they'll guide you step-by-step through those first questions, decisions, and obstacles that every beginner investor must overcome. So if you're serious about becoming an investor this year, head to biggerpockets.com step and join us in the Rookie Bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.